Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. Um, you know, a long time ago, we would be talking about what are the things that are on our minds. But I will tell you, if you live where I live, you went through and you have seen something that many people didn't know they'd see in the Pacific Northwest. But I've got somebody here today, Joseph Latino, joining me here today, bedbug expert and president of Allergy Technologies. And the reason we're talking about this is because there is a level of awareness we need. Um, the degree of infestation that was here in apartments, especially, I know this from my, my, uh, my property management friends, extraordinary is an understatement, but we need some information. Joseph, thank you for joining us here today. Thank you. Um, people don't really understand how big this problem is, do they? No, they don't. And uh, it's kind of fortunate, as you, you were alluding to, kind of swept under the carpet, so to speak. Yeah. No one really wants to talk about this icky, you know, this icky pest. But the problem is ubiquitous throughout the United States. Yeah. Um, it really, you know, you said Pacific Northwest. It's kind of stealing my line because I say it's from the Pacific Northwest to the Florida Keys, coast to coast. Yeah. Um, you see all of these various national service providers, they put up their top 20 or top 50 lists of bedbug infested cities. And you know, all the majors are there, all the major urban centers, but then you start seeing all the small ones. I mean, you do see, you do see Seattle, you see Tacoma, um, yep. you do see all little cities and I'm not picking anybody out in particular. It's a ubiquitous problem. And, you know, the National Pest Management Association has put together some factoids I'd like to share with your listeners. Yeah, let's share them uh, right now. Most pests, 97% of all pest professionals treated for bed bugs last year, and the prevalence is increasing. The three top places where pest professionals report finding bed bugs are single family homes and apartments and condos, which represent 90% of the time, and hotels and motels are right behind them. But you can also find them in higher numbers in nursing homes, schools and daycare centers, offices, college dorms, hospitals, and public transportation. However, I think the single largest repository of bedbugs in the U.S. is generally considered by experts to be affordable housing and likely the most difficult to gain control because there are so many factors that preclude its proper control, including cash constraints, concerns over being evicted, the social stigma of bedbugs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I want to just jump to to really the what's at the heart of this is the and, and I want to say this to everybody listening, the greatest pothole you're going to step into and Joseph, this is my opinion, the greatest pothole you're going to step into is thinking that you can go buy a can of something spray your house and it'll be all done. 
um, out of everything that, you know, I've learned about this, that is so not the thing to do. Let's talk about solving this because I, I really don't know how this gets solved without experts coming in and taking care of it. You, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. The concept of DIY or do-it-yourselfers, unless it's a very unique individual with a very mild introduction, homeowners, anyone, hotel owners, property managers, et cetera, don't have the armament or array of pesticides to use or the heating equipment to use. But more importantly, they don't haven't been trained on how to use it and what a safe application is. Um, unfortunately, more people, I think, have died from inappropriate pesticide use than actually killing the target pest. And that's just not the way to go. Calling the pros, I know it's expensive, I know it may really strain the budget, but frankly, I don't know of another effective way of remediating. Yeah, and by the way, this the psychological impact of this is devastating to people. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can look at in your home and say, I've got to take care of this and I've got to take care of this. But the minute you say bed bugs, that is like everybody's eyes just stop. And can we talk about you know, what programs you are aware of that can take care of this. And, and, and besides this being an annoyance, you know, this is something to be seriously concerned about. It's not just an annoyance. Right. Well, I think that, I think there are actually are two ways to look at this. Mm -hmm. It's the reactionary way or the preventive way. Mm -hmm. My company, we've taken a, the kind of the preventive paradigm, which is more of the unique approach, but it's starting to gain some, some traction. Um, reactive approaches, meaning you wait till you have the problem and then you treat it, is just throwing money down a sinkhole. Because unless you put in some measures of prevention that are long lasting, you just can, you have the opportunity to have the problem all over again and it becomes a vicious cycle. Um, I think that looking at it from a preventive approach, and you know, history always has told us that prevention is always the better way to go, whether we're looking at medical diseases or we're looking at pest control or anything else for that matter. It usually costs a little bit upfront, but certainly it pays for itself in the long run. Um, we happen to have a product, for example, that is solely used on bedding, on mattresses and box springs and things of that nature, sleeping surfaces, and it prevents infestations from establishing. It's not meant to treat an infested room. It's only to be used as the last step in a remediative or curative program, but it's the first step if you want to take a preventive approach. So I think the mindset of the listeners, hopefully, is you know what, I want to get in front of the curve here. I don't want to wait till I have the problem and then have to deal with the devastation. I'd rather deal with it from a preventive standpoint. You know, and let's just call this a proactive standpoint, if you don't mind, because once upon a time, this was not something you heard about. And what I mean about that, Joseph, is that every once in a while, I, I'm from New York. And so, yeah, so you hear about it in New York and I grew up in the projects and I understand what it's like, you know, to live in some of the structures in New York City. Everybody's together, it's all together. And, you know, one of the things that happens is you get used to hearing about things, but this is a much bigger situation now. This is not just New York. You know, when Western Washington, and I'm gonna say Western Washington, when we are hearing the level of infestation here in the Pacific Northwest, 
I just don't understand how you, you, you cannot be proactive about it. What do people need to know? Where do they go to get information? Because the folks that are listening, they need to go to their tenant landlords. They need to go to their property managers and say, you folks need to get ahead of this. How do they do that? Well, there are a few. I think the, mm-hmm. the, the best way of, is arming yourself with information. I would welcome anyone to come to our website, yeah. allergytechnology.com, and you'll get a wealth of information. Um, I would ask to speak to your pest control operators. Typically, their websites are replete of information. They can go to their extensionists. Every, every city has a research extensionist from the university in that city that is in entomology. They will have a resource of information. I think the best prepared person is the one that has as much information. In terms of you use the word proactive versus preventive, I'm glad you brought that distinction up. We cannot, nor anyone can prevent a bed bug from introducing into a facility. Right. This is not Star Trek. There are no force fields. There are no way of stopping it. Yep. What we can do, however, is we can stop an introduction, which is defined as one or two bed bugs or three bed bugs coming in, stopping that from proliferating into an infestation. Right. And that's what we define as prevention. Right. And that's the proactive nature of it. I mean, I'm looking at this akin to, you know, what level of awareness happened in the in the Northeast when it came to ticks and Lyme disease. And we're really talking about the same kind of proactive um, action that needs to be taken because you nailed it. One or two proactive, you get rid of one or two turning into 200. That's a different scenario, Joseph, isn't it? Yes, it is. As a matter of fact, we have an adage. I use them a lot. I'd rather treat the snowball than the avalanche. I love it. So, uh, look, okay. uh, this is, I think for me, the, the takeaway from this today and to our listeners is you got to get out in front of this. You really have to get out in front of this. And, you know, please tell folks again how they do that. And I'd love to know your personal message. I'd love to know what you'd like to leave us with today. Oh, wow. Just become as knowledgeable as you can. Don't hide from it. It's an icky subject, but become knowledgeable. Recognize that there are a lot of, I don't want to sound like a political message. It sounds like the Oscars. (laughs) I don't want this to sound other than, other than become as aware of the problem as possible. Think of all opportunities, make your own decisions, but recognize that you don't have to succumb to just treating when it comes to bed bugs, prevention or proactive approach is possible. Mm, uh, absolutely. Thank you so much for getting out here and educating everybody. But this is really a call to action. Yeah, I want people to know that get your education, do your research, but please do something. Uh, thanks, Joseph. We're going to take a short break. Everybody we will be right back. Does your life often feel like an emotional tsunami where rogue waves crash down on you, leaving you feeling hopeless and wondering if it will ever end? Do you wish to awaken the dormant strength inside of you? Imagine what it would be like to turn your pain into purpose. Start today by scheduling a complimentary consultation with Martinet. Dive into your healing journey and begin to see your life in a new light. Visit martinetemmons.com and make your appointment today. We figured by the time we turned 50, we kind of had life figured out, but we were not prepared for the realities of midlife. Tune in to And That's When I Realized, the truth and comedy of midlife with me, Susan Dolce. 
and me, Leon Dyer, every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're not alone in these challenges, and sometimes you just got to laugh. Find us at SusanDolce.com and LeonDyer.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome to our good news segment. More importantly, you know, welcome to a great conversation about how we look at organizations, how we look at ourselves in organizations. You know, the other day I talked with you all about a show that that I did many years ago and continue to do called Enlightened Capitalism. And, you know, when you say those two words together, most people look at you sideways and they just want to think, what are you talking about? Well, think about this now. Here we are. You ready to make a global impact? Are you ready to step up and celebrate diversity? Are you ready to believe in sustainability beyond your wildest imagination? Because if you are, you're going to want to talk to Carrie Freeman. Carrie, founder and co-CEO of Second News and YPO member. And here's why we're talking about this. What is it about change now that has tapped into and has touched just about everybody? Because no matter how you cut it, you've gone through significant change. But what happens when you change and you forget that leadership is an essential part of any organization? Carrie, it's great to great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I just love thinking about good news, right? That's just such an important <laughs> thing in this day and age. Yes, there are amazing things happening out there. Let's celebrate good news. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we're a completely positive talk network. I mean, and the show has been like that for 17 years. But, you know, when I think about my background in leadership and I think about my background in business, You know, I wonder where we are in the world today. And so this is the conversation with you as you come forward, right? And look at how do we advise? How do we become those folks that are part of a community that's doing more than nine to five? What was was it about this that tapped you on the shoulder or better yet, touched your heart? so that you said, I'm all in? (laughs) Such a great question. And, you know, I will say that I think more and more, I'll get back to the question you asked, more and more employees and um, other people are yearning for purpose, broader purpose beyond themselves. So you can look at so many studies, whether it's on employee engagement or just purpose in general, different, you know, and it crosses the generations. People want more than the nine to five, truly. They want to be contributing um, to something bigger and something better. So I think that that's just something that is that is continuing to flourish and it's here to stay. I back in high school, you know, I I started listening, reading actually something very similar to this talk show and um, learning about all the good that was happening in the world and this notion that business truly could be used as a force for good. That wasn't the lingo at the time, but it stuck in my brain. And so for, you know, the better part of, I don't know, 25, 30 years, that's been my focus. And um, it just it works and it works, it works in any sort of organization, whatever type of organization you have, 
you can lead with purpose and um, really be a force for good. You know, and let's talk about this in a, a number of different ways, because this is really a change energetically, evolutionarily. And I think I made that word up right there. And, and it was <laughs> I was like, where did that come from? Boom, there it is. But you know, if you're somebody like me, and you know what it's like to work your way up in a corporation, start at $61 in a mailroom, in a company that you never thought would go away, and you found yourself in the middle of one of the most profound divestitures on the planet. And that is, what shall I say, the phone company, we don't even call it a phone anymore. Um, <laughs> And what do you learn from that? What do you take from that? And so, Carrie, this is what I want to ask you about what we're talking about here today, about global leadership, you know, and the community of that. And what does it mean to announce, you know, an impact award winner? Because people have an impact. They make, they make a difference. And yet, we don't remind them enough of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's something that I think about all the time. You know, what is the role of leadership? And I think the role of leadership is truly in helping um, serve serve people, serve others in a way that creates positive change. So that's your employees, that's your stakeholders, your customers, and that doesn't change. Whatever organization you're in, if you're helping improve, if you're being of service to people and to humanity, that's just that's that's constant. And so I truly think of it as um, these are just basic leadership skills in my mind. Yes, of course, you have to paint the vision. You have to create trust, all those things. But I think it's truly this coming from it from a very conscientious um, servant perspective. You know, let's talk about why we're here today for a minute. Um, there are many reasons why we're here today, but we're talking about the leadership role you have, we're talking about second muse. Let's talk about that for a minute because, you know, I, first of all, I love it. I love the whole second muse. Just the energy of that is just like uh, totally groundbreaking. But when we think about that, what does second muse do? How does it bring people together? How does it help build networks? And more importantly, I'm going to give you like five questions. And more importantly, okay. what's happening is we have never been more acutely aware of gender inequality and racial inequality. I don't think we've ever been more aware of that. Right. I would agree. I would agree. What can we do? So, what can we do? So I think the first thing that we can do is acknowledge, acknowledge it and acknowledge the times that we are in right now. You know, this is not going away. This is something that continues to be very persistent. And until we come together to actually address um, and repair in some cases this and, and solve it, it's going to be with us. And I think we're just continue, that just continues to escalate. Um, we were just, our team was just at, uh, in Tulsa this past weekend, honoring and recognizing the Tulsa Wall Street massacre and launching a new program there that is specifically focused on um, racial inclusion in the tech industry. Mm -hmm. We do quite a bit in the tech industry. We're, we're, we're really industry agnostic, but we do quite a bit there focused on both gender equality as well as racial equality. You know, in the in your in your tenure in the time that you've been engaged, um, the question that I, I love to talk about and I love when we have an opportunity to talk about is how has your engagement in bringing a new level of awareness changed you? 
Mm-hmm. It's such a good question. I, I feel like I'm constantly learning. <laughs> I'm learning. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's, it's a never ending evolution. I've told people, gosh, can I just at some point say, hey, I've made it, I've arrived and I'm done. And <laughs> honestly, that, that doesn't work. Um, you know, I, I think it's constantly looking at how do we ourselves improve? How do we improve the way we show up every day? Um, about a year and a half ago, I really started thinking of how do you lead with love? And that would have seemed like absolute crazy talk, you know, for me, even eight years ago, maybe even three years ago, yeah. how do you truly lead with love? It's like, what? That's nuts. That's, this is corporate. Don't, don't say that word. Don't say the big L word. No hugging. <laughs> so no hugging. I know. I've totally turned, I've totally turned into a, a, you know, the corporate hugger and love speaker. And it's like, oh gosh, she's out there. <laughs> but you know, look, I I have to tell you this, and this is why I'm so excited to talk to you today, is that, uh, first of all, I want to make sure that people that are listening to this understand that what we're talking about here is whatever you want to call it, it is, it, it is a version of consciousness that we have to really pay attention to. And let's say it, conscious capitalism. You know, what is that about? Well, Carrie, here's the deal. You know, the latest study that was taken by, I think it was Sodesto, you know, the recruiting firm. And, you know, the latest study that they did when they asked the people, you, the young young folks just coming out, they ask them the same poll they ask them every year. Like, what is the most important thing to you? Well, shocking, and this is, the, this is a recruiting firm worst nightmare. Shocking, you know, none of the regular tidbits were there. Not the money, not this, not the benefit, not the four weeks vacation. They clearly stated that empathy and compassion in an organization was their number one across the board. What do you make of that? And what is the relationship to that, to conscious capitalism, what you all doing? Absolutely. So, I mean, this is so, so key. And I, I, you know, that's something that we should just keep saying and letting absorb into leadership Mm -hmm. mindset, quite Mm -hmm. frankly, because it's so key. And when I think about all the ways that business has been created, you know, traditional yeah. business, it is really, there's been so much good in the world. So I'm, I'm, I'm very pro business, Oh yeah. but it, it has, it has also come at the cost a lot of times of human dignity, whether that's employees or the communities that we operate in or whatever it is, it's just this, you know, it's, it's very transactional oftentimes. And so when I think about conscious capitalism, I think about it in terms of how do we, how do we care for, for humans, quite frankly, whether they're our employees or our customers or clients or, you know, whatever it is, how do we, how do we care for humans? How do we create space and an environment that is um, empathetic? Um, and, and I think if you're, if you're so focused on the transactional way of doing things, it, it doesn't, you know, it's not going to feel like what these people are looking for and yearning for. Yeah. So I truly think that conscious capitalism is just kind of one, the recognition mm-hmm. that, um, people and the planet really do matter to all of us. And um, we need to at times slow down and just really rethink relationships. At the core of everything is relationships, right? Um, That's how we get things done, quite frankly. Technology exists, it's going to, we're gonna continue to advance it. But I mean, we can send, we can send satellites to Mars. We can, you know, develop a vaccine in less than 12 months. Yep. But at the end of the day, it's hearts and minds that are going to change things and make things feel better. Yeah. 
Well, look at you. Congratulations to you. So let's get to let's get to a little meat of this today. You've been named the 2021 YPO Global Impact Award winner. And congratulations. It's a prestigious honor. It celebrates, you know, CEO impact, significant, sustainable. And for you, your work with Second Muse, you know, supporting business and building diversity and resilient economies, right? You know, here you are, your guidance and leadership engaged uh, hundreds of thousands of people, you know, through economic education. Oh my gosh, how important is that? And really looking at how to manage money in a consciously connected way. What does it feel like to receive that award for you? <laughs> uh, honestly, if I'm being if I'm being completely honest, yeah, I feel go, like it go. is such <laughs> I feel like it is such a confirmation for all the work that we've been doing for a decade plus. You know, I think there are times when we we really just get focused on running a business and having impact and doing the right thing. And um, you know, I left the big corporate world. Um, I was at Intel and I had lots of different opportunities and I just saw this as something that needed to be done in the world and something that attracts organizations and humans, like this whole idea of collaborating and bringing people together um, to address, you know, these big market inequalities is, yeah. is fascinating. And so we've been doing that and uh, it's confirmation is really what it is. It's, it's, I'm, I'm proud. I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm inspired. I feel very humbled. And quite yeah. frankly, it's like, okay, good. Good. All this. Yeah. <laughs> I've been yeah. working so, so hard for a good decade on this. And, and here we are. So. Well, that's why it's exciting to talk to you. And that's why this is good news. You know, first of all, before we just skip ahead here and just have to end this conversation, uh, I want people to know how do they find out about YPO? How do they find out about Second Muse? Give us some information if you don't mind. Absolutely. So Second Muse, find us at secondmuse.com or on your favorite social media platform handle. We're there. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to connect with us. So definitely just just go find us, learn more about us. Um, there's all sorts of great things constantly out there for my team members and our work. And YPO is ypo.org. It is a truly fantastic global organization of executives that um, are really trying to lead with purpose, I would say. You know, uh, I, I definitely want people to get to know you better. I want them to really see what you're doing and see how you're helping uh, women move through the roadblocks because the roadblocks are in the boardroom and mm -hmm. we know that they're in the boardroom and, you know, you and I as leaders uh, and, and owners of companies, you know, somebody pointed something interesting out to me the other day. This is something we have to work on, Carrie. I think this is something women have to work on. They pointed something out to me the other day and I just looked at them and they said, do you know your CEO of a broadcast network, digital television and radio? You know, do you, do you know that? And I just looked at him, Carrie, and I said, well, geez, I go to work every day. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, every day. Of course, I know that. And, you know, it's interesting what the comment was. Nobody else knows that. And so oh. we are, we are, well, what they're saying is, I know you people need to get out there. <laughs> you people need to get out there. How do we help women? step forward and gather up a powerful voice. And that's my last question for you. How do we do that? Mm -hmm. 
I think by doing what you're doing right here, quite frankly, you know, there's so many things, but I think at the end of the day, putting women, putting women on stage, promoting them, advocating for them, um, honoring them, quite frankly, I think is one of the largest signals that we can send. You know, there's all sorts of behind the scenes mentoring and supporting and, you know, trying to get on boards. But at the end of the day, um, women need to know the power that they have and other women need to be able to see women in these roles. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, there's just not the quite frankly, there's just not enough of us doing all these different things. <laughs> and we, it, there just really isn't, I have to say, I'm like, I know. Yes, we have more, you know, I've been recruiting more women to YPO in my, in my local chapter. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, we need more women. I know there are more women leading. Um, and so, yeah, let's, let's, you know, let's make us more visible in any way we can. Let's grow the YPO. Let's yes, do it. For sure. Uh, look, I want to thank you for today. I know you've got to hop off. There's so much more that you and I could talk about, especially about leadership and leader member exchange, psychological contracts, contract violation, broken promises. Notice that's the area that I study. <laughs> How I, know, depressing. I love it. I love it too. No, no, no. I'm with you. We could spend hours on this. This is great. <laughs> I, I hope you will come back. Thank you. What's your personal message right now? What do you want to leave us with? And thank you for today. Think how you can lead with with purpose every day and everything you do. Uh, man, I'm all over that with Carrie. Thank you, Carrie, so much for being you. And thank you for going beyond being you. Thank you so much for having me. You betcha. Have a great day. You too. Thank you, Ted, everybody. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. And yes, our office is open and we are doing strictly phone consultations. If you would like to call and get tuned up, it's perfect time with everything that's going on and things aren't calming down. Pick up the phone and give us a call. It's quick and easy and it's fun. If you'd like more information on it, you can look at MaryJaneMack.com or call our office at 888-777-4232. Your inspiration all day on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. I'm Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel bringing through spirit guides in accessible and resonant ways for you to connect with your higher self, sharing soul level conversations to help you in your spiritual path. I upload weekly channeled messages, interviews, and information on a variety of topics, sharing my learning and opening doors for growth. You can find a listing of upcoming podcasts at bluelightninghealing.com. Until next time, blessings. TransformationTalkRadio.com Hey everybody, I'm so thrilled about today's good news segment. Acclaimed makeup artist, Alan Avenue. Well, look at the way I said that name. <laughs> Alan Avendano joins us here today about personal skin care, personal skin condition, and Dr. Jennifer Song is joining us as well, dermatologist, director of clinical research at Southern California Dermatology in Santa Ana. You know, when I think about uh, what happens when you put an acclaimed makeup artist together with an expert in the field of dermatology, what you find is groundbreaking, innovative, creative, and clearly out of the box, that's what today's about. We have a new campaign to tell you about, my favorite word, Empower. That's what these two are about. Alan, Dr. Jennifer, great to have you here today. Thank you so much for having us. That was a great intro, and now I'm empowered. 
Um, you know, let's talk for a minute if we could. Um, a lot of commercials, a lot of things we've been seeing, a lot of awareness now, but clearly not an understanding about plaque psoriasis. And this, for me, is one of the most pivotal conversations we could have today because there are experiences that happen with living with plaque psoriasis, right? You know, and this is something that we need to bring to the forefront misunderstanding, stigmas, whatever you want to say. Um, but, Alan, this has been your journey and pathway. Yes, absolutely. Um, I was diagnosed at a really young age. I was stuck in a, a family fire, um, a family home fire, and um, uh, it was a very traumatic and stressful experience. Not um, burnt, but I, the trauma started causing these white scaly patches um, that were on my elbows, knees, and then all of a sudden it spread to my body and my face. And um, so, you know, you grow up going through school, you experience a lot of bullying, you experience the whole not being chosen in PE, you know, um, sitting alone at lunch. Um, people would just comment on like the inflammation that I would be dealing with called so many different things because I was extremely red. A lot of times, um, when it's inflamed, it's just it's just red, a burgundyish color. So, you know, you got you got everything, and and um, that's why I was really excited to partner up with Amgen and Tesla on this Inside Look campaign because I'm so passionate about helping people be confident and and positive and loving themselves. And you know, if you go to InsideLookPSO.com, you'll get to learn more about my story, and you'll also get to meet a woman named uh, Sarah who has moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, and we get to give her a psoriasis-friendly makeup tutorial, but it also encourages people to see their doctors virtually or in office to discuss their treatment plans um, to help them if they're they're suffering with this. And also just be confident with life and to to roll with the punches and, and overcome hurdles. Oh, that's what the entire network's about. Wow, you just yep. summed it up in like three seconds. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Alan, but that is it. That is really what we're talking about here today is so pivotal, especially in the world we're living in today, where everything is so in our face, right? I mean, yeah. you cannot not have something in your face in the world we live in today. Um, yeah. But what you're talking about is not just an empowering message, but a message about action. Dr. Jennifer, this is, this is now for you because, you know, here we are, we're listening to what Alan has to say and listening to this journey, it is inspirational. And, you know, for you, what we're looking at is the groundbreaking, um, and how should I say it, innovation that we're seeing in the field of dermatology, especially around this. What excites you the most? Absolutely. That's why I'm here, and that's why I'm dermatologist, is that I want to help patients living with psoriasis like Alan confront their disease and live their life to, to the fullest. There are so many treatment options, and I have been uh, working, treating psoriasis patients, doing clinical research for over 10 years in psoriasis now. And I can really say I am so excited about all the different treatment options that are now available for patients. There are creams that you can apply to the skin, light therapy, oral medications like pills, as well as injectable medicines called biologics. The one that we're talking about specifically today is Otesla, also called Opremorist. Yeah. And it's not a cream, it's not an injectable, and it's not a biologic. It's a pill that treats moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. 
So really important for patients to work closely with their doctor to find a treatment plan that works for them. You know, I, I think, let me just tell you why this is so seriously important in so many ways. You know, if we were talking about this, oh, okay, let me just go back. Please don't pass out right now. If we go back 50 years uh, and we're having a conversation about this, I know, right, Alan? Alan's like, what? Um, we go back 50 years. Just to put this in perspective, right? Um, you could have plaque psoriasis and nobody in the world would know unless it was so visible. In the world we're living in today, it is extremely difficult not to have whatever it is that goes on with an individual, whether it's good, bad, different, you know, or ugly, it doesn't matter. It gets in the public. We have a new level of awareness about this. And Alan, isn't this what you are talking about when you talk about bullying? I mean, beyond bullying, there's a complete misunderstanding about it. And yeah. that, I think, is one of the most harmful things. You're isolated and you're stigmatized, right? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's physically, emotionally, mentally exhausting and traumatic. Um, mm -hmm. I spent years, like if you're looking back 50 years, yes, you could cover it up. That's what I did most of my childhood, long sleeve shirts, um, pants, sweatshirts in the middle of summer in Los Angeles. It's, it's not fun. And um, no. I would get oversized long sleeves so that I could cover my hands, which are the most seen. Um, and so uh, this is what the beauty is of, of how we are today, how we're able mm -hmm. to actually turn that into a positive where everything is seen because now everyone can talk about this. People are aware. There's so much more knowledge about it. And, and especially with this website, insidelookpso.com. Um, I just want to drill that in people's heads because I'm so proud of it. So excited about it. The encouragement you'll receive, the relatability to people who are who are dealing with and living with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. It's it's a big deal. I wish I had that when I was younger. I wish that you know I had a great family and support system that really helped me and and helped me realize um, that I was so much more than this skin condition. But um, maybe some people mm -hmm. don't have that, and so um, this is sort of that for them and you know I just want to educate others and and honestly again feel confident in their mm -hmm. skin and by the way as a makeup artist on here we talk about um making sure that you know you're gentle with your skin and and you know instead of the focus being on trying to cover everything up um why don't you highlight the features that you love and bring attention to that yeah. because it is what yeah. it is there's times when you're not going to be able to cover up it's so irritated yeah. or you know you react to certain makeup products, um, but yeah. highlight the features that you have. It is what it is. Show your inner beauty, show your personality. And that's what the focus is going to be on, not what's mm -hmm. on your skin. Oh, I love it. Boy, I, I, this is a short interview. I wish you guys were here longer. Uh, Dr. Song, <laughs> I want to ask you a question, um, uh, you know, because listening to Alan, right, you, you know, what you have is, boy, a lifetime of experience. But you are an expert in psoriasis treatment. You have, and I love this because I'm a researcher myself. So when any time I see a peer-reviewed journal article and a lecturist, I'm like, oh, okay, I got to read this stuff. But here you are. Your experience is every day. You see patients every day. I want to ask you about the campaign, how people find out more. And I, and I got to ask you, what is the, how has this changed the landscape? for people suffering with black psoriasis from your perspective? 
I really think the number of treatments we have, the advances of treatments has really revolutionized psoriasis, honestly. I, and that's why I do all the advocacy work I do and continue to do clinical research. I want to give patients hope. I partnered with Alan, Amgen, and Otesla because I really want to empower patients and help them learn about the importance of treating the inflammation from the inside. It may seem obvious that you can easily treat a skin condition that's on the surface with a cream, but not everyone responds in that way. And that's why we're here to go beyond the surface and look uh -huh. at the importance of treating from within. Dr. Jennifer, one more question, if I could. Um, we heard Alan's perspective and, yes. you know, what this is like. For you, this is your passion and commitment. I have to ask you, what has hit you deeply in your heart when you work with patients on this that, you know, the campaign... Um, will help us with. And, and please talk about the new treatment. You know, many of us have seen Otesla on television. We've seen the commercials. But a lot of folks think it's too good to be true. I happen to know it's not. So let's talk about for a minute from, from your, you know, from a physician's perspective, why Alan's so dang happy. You know, Alan is, is a success story, and, and that's why I do what I do. I want to help people live their life to the fullest, like Alan. And Alan's told us about the, the, with the emotional and mental impact of having the skin condition when it was covering his entire body. And he was able to work with his doctor to find a treatment that worked for him. And look at what an amazing makeup artist he, he is now. He is yeah. hands-on with people. Uh, most people will think if they're not aware of psoriasis as a infectious or contagious disease, right? Or maybe Alan just never showers. So, so I think that's, <laughs> right. that's, exactly. why, that's why we're here is to raise awareness and show other patients who are living with psoriasis that you can live your life to the fullest. And there's so many different treatment options. So you wanted to learn more about Otesla and some other kind of key features about Otesla yeah. is that it's an oral medication. So um, that might be easier for certain patients uh, to take a medication orally, especially when um, you have multiple plaques all over your body and it's really hard to and messy to put a cream on every day. Um, it's also a medication that doesn't require routine laboratory monitoring. So if you're not a big fan of needles, then this can make it more convenient. Yeah. But finding the right treatment for you um, or for a patient, it means working closely with your doctor, whether it's in office or through virtual medicine is important because every patient responds differently to medication. All right, where do we find out more about this? And then I'm gonna let everybody know how they can find out more about each of you. But where can people go? What's the website they can find out more? Because clearly, what we're talking about, there are a lot of details for people to know about so people can be informed. See, that's what our network's about. It's all positive talk, and it's all about informed, educated decisions. So without sending people information, you know, we kind of leave them hanging. So I'd like to know from each of you, where do we send people to find out about the treatment, 
And then I people want to know, like, I need to find out about these two. How do we do that? <laughs> well, the website, again, is Inside Look pso.com and i think people can probably find out most about my life on my instagram which my handle is at alan face which is a l l a n f a c e and you'll get to see my work and and even some of the stuff i'm doing with otesla and and, and amgen so um yeah that's 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 my good. thing good uh dr jennifer how about you so for me, uh, you can actually find me on my personal website, which is my full name, Jennifer Song, S-O-U-N-G-M-D.com, or um, checking out my YouTube channel, which has a lot of helpful information, again, empowering patients, and yeah. so they can learn more about their skin condition. Yeah, and that's why I'm asking you that the, this information, because people do want more information. These are really short interviews. Mm -hmm. They want to know, what can I learn about these two? Um, Alan, uh, thank you so much, Alan Avendano. Please go look at Alan Avendano. When you go look at the images <laughs> around this, you're going to see Alan out there. Dr. Jennifer, you're going to be able to find out about her, what her area of expertise is. And, you know, for the wrap-up for me, for both of you, here's what it is. What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with? And I got to tell you, I love that you are tag-teaming to bring out this message because there's nothing right now more important for young people, people in general, uh, than self-esteem and self-worth. And this is one of those conditions that can really run riot on that. I think you both will agree. What's each of your personal messages, please? Um, mine is to uh, take a deeper look at yourself and, and love yourself and who you are on the inside, um, but also take a deeper look at your psoriasis so that you can understand your condition better and so that you can discuss treatment options with your doctor, just so that you can feel as good outside as you do in the inside. Mm. Dr. Jennifer, how about you? I would say really find a dermatologist that you truly feel like you can partner with because psoriasis is a chronic disease. And you're going to have ups and downs and you'll want to work closely with someone to manage that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I got to talk to Alan offline about this. I play a sport called <laughs> table tennis and I have a robot that shoots a ball at you at hundred miles an hour. Alan, I got like a giant black guy. I got to talk. We, we got to talk. Okay? Oh my God. <laughs> just, just say it. <laughs> you know, whatever the airbrushing I did today, my friends are saying that doesn't work. Thank you all for Lots tuning us in. This is a great segment. Way, Dr. Pat. Lots of color <laughs> Thank you so much. And I want to tell you, we are laughing, but this is serious. For the people that suffer with plaque psoriasis, this is life-changing. And what the, these two amazing people have just done today is giving you hope. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go. Visit GetRootedRadio.com. Are you trying to lose weight, but feel guilty for eating your favorite foods? Feeling deprived and resentful makes for results that aren't sustainable. Join Adrian Craig every second and fourth Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com for her show, Master Your Mindset for a Weight Loss Breakthrough. 
Learn to love the journey and watch yourself succeed. For more information about Adrian or to work with her personally, visit lifecanyon.com. Close your eyes and imagine what it would feel like to live a life driven by purpose and passion. Feels great, doesn't it? Tune in to Awareness to Action every first and third Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific with me, Joan Marlowe. I'm here to help you navigate your unique journey toward purpose while embracing your authenticity. Visit my website, peacefullyhealing.com, and don't miss Awareness to Action on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Wow, I love doing these segments, everyone. Now, what if you are born with a common form of dwarfism? But what if your life can change? What if something happens? What if the innovation that you are presented with becomes a change for life? Chandler Cruz is joining me here today, sharing a personal story about what this means, what the opportunities are, and what the future optimism really is for people. Chandler, it's great to have you here. Thank you so much for bringing your story to the forefront. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, Let's talk about this really, uh, you know, at the point of uh, the beginning point. You know, tell us about your beginnings, what you discovered, and what you're most excited about today. So I have achondroplasia, which is the most common form of dwarfism. It is caused by a genetic mutation in the FG. FR3 gene, and so it's a genetic condition that I have for life, and most typically, you know, people with achondroplasia can face many medical complications, such as a narrow foramen magnum, spinal stenosis, ear issues, breathing issues, and most commonly, orthopedic issues, and so when I was younger, you know, I was always visiting with different specialists to prevent or help to treat those um, complications from occurring. And when I was 16, my legs were very severely bowed, and so I decided to not only I needed to straighten my legs, but I decided to undergo a series of operations known as limb lengthening. When you discovered that this was an opportunity for you, Um, what was going on in your mind? What was going on in your heart? I just knew when I was 16, you know, that's a very, for anyone, but I, you know, would say, you know, for girls, you know, it's just a very kind of hard time in your life. Maybe I would say, Mm -hmm. and I just knew, you know, I was only three, 10, and I was done growing. So I was at my full adult height for someone with achondroplasia and I just kind of knew then that that's not the height I wanted to be for the rest of my life. I felt like there was a lot of just stuff, life kind of things that I was missing out on. Um, but, you know, I just knew that really to, in order to really change my life and to not be 310 anymore, the only option for me was going through limb lengthening treatment. And so... You know, I made that decision at 16 to go mm-hmm. through that, and, you know, I decided to share my experience in hopes that maybe, you know, if there was anyone else out there like me who kind of wanted, who felt the same way I did, you know, they could sort of 
refer to, you know, my journey and how I was sharing it. And that's really has just snowballed into me becoming an advocate for really any treatment options available or becoming available for those with a chondroplasia. And let's talk about you becoming an advocate, because one of the things that I want people to know is certainly they can find out more about you at the Chandler Project. Is that correct? And, you know, I was looking at this and let me just want to say to people, you know, this is where you can go, you can register, you can find out more, but you can also find out about hope, how hope turns into action. You know, Chandler, uh, Chandler, for you, let's make it clear to people because I'm not sure I said it. You went through this process, the procedure, tell people what the end result was. So the end result for me personally was really kind of life that I didn't even realize I was missing out on. Mm-hmm. You know, the only life I knew was the life I was living. Uh, but then after going through the limb lengthening treatment, I realized there was a lot that I didn't realize that I was missing out on. More, um, you know, personally for me, one that I realized was being able to really have face-to-face communications with people, which it's kind of odd that I didn't realize that at 16, but after going through the limb lengthening treatment, I realized, you know, for me personally, being able to sort of be in that face-to-face range with more of my, most of my peers was really important to me, and it's kind of been the number one, um, besides health benefits of the treatment, um, has been really the most rewarding experience going through that. Mm. You know, Chandler, not only did you take what people would call a challenging uh, experience, you know, something that you're born with, something that you think there's no option or you think that there's no way to find a possibility. And you've done all of that. You know, I would imagine you've done that with a great team. But now here you are, you know, out in the world and really getting a message out to people to let them know they, too, can have hope. I want to ask you this. I know we've got a short time left. Please let people know how they find out more. But I'd love to know, as you get ready to have the opening remarks at the upcoming conference, I want to know what's in your heart. What's your personal message? What do you want to say to people here today? I just want people to know that, you know, you can never have too much information. And at this upcoming conference, you can really learn about, you know, what new treatments and research are on the horizon for those with achondroplasia because it's a very exciting time and scary in a way, but, you know, more importantly, it's just a very exciting time with what's happening in terms of treatment options becoming available really for the first time for those with achondroplasia. Mm. Uh Chandler, thank you so much. Please give out the website again. And, you know, thank you for sharing your strength, experience, and hope and, you know, helping others. What's the best way for us to find out more about this and anything else that you are uh, advocating? You can find out more by visiting the chandlerproject.org and achondroplasiaresearch.com. All right, everybody, there you go. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. 